you have to take that drug dealer approach to things. Let me give you a little taste. Here's a little taste. And if you like it, you got to come to Big Daddy for more. for something to help us burn out bright as we start episode number 106 of the promo front podcast i am one of your hosts bill petrie with me as always the staff sergeant of sunscreen himself the one and only kirby hossaman kirby how in the kashaktan are you today <laughs> i'm doing well man doing well just uh in the dog days right dog days of summer um getting out yeah. there mowing a lot as you know you and i talk offline it's that's what mm-hmm. i do that's my hobby now is mowing yeah. and uh but you know uh, business is going pretty well, trying to keep all the plates spinning. So I'm, I'm doing well. How about you, buddy? Good. It's been a busy, interesting week. Um, and uh, uh, it's just uh, been blowing and going. So no, mm-hmm. no complaints over here. And, and I know how much you love summer. You wish for it all year wrong. But let me ask you a question, Kirby. Okay. If I could grant you three wishes, okay, what would those wishes be? Oh, wow. Three wishes. I think I would say, you know, unlimited vacation. So unlimited summer, like you kind of suggest, I'd say really good beer with no calories. Mm -hmm. Okay. And a supplier that makes my busy distributor life easy. Kirby, I can't help you with the first two, but as fate would have it, (laughs) I can help you with number three. That's right. Uh, But I'm I'm about to make that wish come true for you, for you as a distributor and every distributor, because I'm going to grant that third wish. All you need to do is work with our good friends over at Evans. That's right, Kirby. Mm, They not only have top-notch merchandise designed for better living, they've built their entire internal ecosystem and culture around making it easy to work with them. Creating a gift box programs with Evans? Easy. Placing an order with Evans? Easy. Continual communication throughout the order process with Evans? Easy. You need help with a reorder from Evans? <laughs> Easy. That's okay. right. That's all they do. I love it. You see? Yeah. yeah. So it's clear why so many distributors love working with Evans. Just like your third wish, Kirby, smart distributors in the know understand that working with Evans it's just easy. So Mr. and Mrs. Distributor, when you're ready to make your life easier, head over to evans-mfg.com. You're not going to be sorry you did. And they're going to work their tails off to grant any wish you have. Love it. All right, Kirby. I wish to be talking to you today. So I got my wish. Uh, <laughs> okay, cool. we're, uh, I, I think I have the upfront section of the podcast this morning. Okay. Um, kind of slow in the promo world a little bit, or at least not well, what I saw. But I do have, I, I want to just declare something. Okay. Kirby, cool. the shack is back. Okay. The shack is back. Do you have any, do you have any idea what that means? I th- It's a great book, I think, that that uh, no. my wife liked. <laughs> uh, okay. Radio Shack. Remember Radio Shack? Oh, They're I do. Yeah. Brand, brand new marketing strategy. Are you familiar with this? No, not at all. All right. So they, the 101-year-old retailer has uh, completely changed their image around their Twitter feed. Have you followed radio, at Radio Shack on Twitter? No, not at all. Okay. You might want to do that. So they're, uh, this, is, this is how they are positioning themselves. Old business plan, 
politely sell HDMI cords to customers. New business plan, snap and necks and cash and checks. So, <laughs> okay. So it's a, it's there, a, it, Radio Shack is an MMA franchise. Got it. <laughs> no, you're got, not too far off. So what they're doing, um, they are, they're, they're now like a cryptocurrency company. Okay? okay. And so what they're trying to do is get people's attention with an incredibly funny, but extremely not safe for work and super vulgar Twitter feed. Okay. And it is funny. So it's meant to grab attention from consumers who didn't even realize that Radio Shack was still in business. So they're now a cryptocurrency exchange platform. I, I didn't know they were around either. Yeah. Um, they're looking at other blockchain initiatives and they believe the brand name can help that cryptocurrency become more mainstream. And it seems to be working, Kirby. They've had over 100% increase in Twitter followers since June 28th. So just two weeks, they've, had, okay. they've doubled, doubled their Twitter, Twitter followers. And the traffic to the Radio Shack website increased over 49% since that same date. So someone bought the digital assets of, of a name that a lot of us know. And so he owns it. It has nothing to do with the old Radio Shack, mm. but he's going all in. So I want to get your thoughts on that type of a marketing strategy, taking something that, you know, I think you and I look at certainly growing up in the era we did Radio Shack mm. was a place if I needed a couple of batteries or phone cords or things sure. like that, I could get it. They'd always ask your phone number, which is really weird. And you'd get your stuff and go. Totally different business, totally different business model. And the marketing that they're doing is certainly polarizing to say the least. So what say you Kirby Hossman? Yeah, I have fairly mixed feelings. So I, so the reason I would say is it's um, marketing in entrepreneurship. So I love this, this topic. Um, so the idea of being irreverent for the purpose of um, being authentic, as you have taught me um, and, you know, making of having a voice and, and I, I love all that. Right. Like, I love the idea that you're like, hey, we are going to say some shit that not everybody's going to like and we're going to have some fun with it. I love that. I love it when brands right. do that. I, I love the idea of re um, vitalizing, regenerating old brands like, you know, and I think you've seen a lot of that um, with, you know, everything that's old has become new again. And, you know, all the 80s stuff is 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 really popular right. and stuff like that. So I think that's really cool. The idea that a, a company called Radio Shack is selling cryptocurrency now, there's kind of a disconnect for me there. Like I, it's and so that that's the part where I, I when I say I have mixed feelings, I'm that's yeah. that's kind of confusing for me. And um, I guess yeah. I'll quote Donald Miller uh, from Building Your Story Brand: "When you confuse, you lose." Um, love the the tactic. I think it mm -hmm. sounds fun and it's interesting and if you'd have told me hey we're just bringing back radio shack but we're going to do it online and we're going right. to do all this other different stuff mm -hmm. then i think it'd be interesting but the idea that now you know like um you know the shoe depot now sells water doesn't yeah. make a ton of sense to me yeah i don't fall uh, far different than you do on the topic again I, you know the, the marketing is very polarizing you have lovers you have haters but that means that's working right? yeah i like that you want to stand for something um but here's the thing. Radio Shack hasn't had a clear position in the market for decades. Yeah. And they needed some sort of new foundation. Um, I agree from a, from a uh, just a quick glance perspective. Radio Shack has nothing to do with cryptocurrency. 
neither radios nor shacks mean <laughs> anything in the crypto world, right? Yeah, that's right. But it's an interesting ploy to say, take, okay, here's a digital asset in terms of a brand name that basically is, is gone. Right. I now own it. I picked it up on the cheap and I want to make it something else. So I think there's some interesting things that I agree that there's such a disconnect there. It doesn't make sense to me. Mm. Um, but, but it's an interesting I, concept. Yeah, it really is. And so anybody who wants a good giggle and you're not easily offended, give <laughs> at Radio Shack a follow up on the Twitter. I think uh, you'll get a good giggle out of it. Okay. I like that. That's good. We're break, breaking new. What was it? Cash and checks and breaking next. That's uh, yeah, yeah. So their, their old business plan, politely sell HDMI cords to customers, new business plan, snapping necks and cash and checks. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Well, All cool. Right, All right. Yeah. My turn, right? So um, yes, sir. I am an avid reader of the blogs and uh, there are several blogs that I read every week and one of them is yours. And you had some fairly big news uh, yeah. at Brandivate this week. And so I was kind of curious just to, to, yeah. Ask about that. You uh, obviously you and Kelsey Cunningham founded um, Brandivate a few years ago. And um, yeah. if I'm, I'll let you sort of tell this, but yeah. if I understand correctly, she's looking to uh, spread her wings and do something different now. So tell me more. Yeah. Oh, Kirby, <laughs> thank you for asking. No, uh, and, I, and I actually didn't know you're going to ask. Um, so, you know, Kelsey and I have been close friends for a long, long time. And when we started Brandivate, we had a, a joint, joint vision for it. And, and we were able to execute against that. Mm-hmm. As Brandivate evolves, <clears throat> evolved, you know, you, your customers tell you who you are. Right? Right, right. And as it evolved, it, it really morphed into something that she wasn't enjoying as much. We're growing like wildfire, but she wasn't loving it. Right. She was certainly critical to the contributions on the back end of things. You know, it's it's all those things people don't see where where she was really uh, making her hay here, and so she, it just wasn't what she wanted to do. She didn't want to sit behind a desk all day. And right. so for the last three four months, her and I've been really talking about it. We've had some very candid conversations, and we've we you know she she it was time to go. It was time for mm-hmm. her to do what she wanted to do. And, and right. as she so eloquently put it, follow her career heart. She wanted to go back to the supplier side. So it, it, there's nothing nefarious here. There's no big yeah. drama, no gotchas. She just really wanted to go to the supplier side of things. And so we worked out a deal. Um, I, I bought her out of the partnership and and I'm excited for her next move. She's going to announce that I think next week. And so real excited about that. But here at Brandivate, you know, here, here's what we're doing. What we're doing is uh, it's it we're still growing very much. Um, as Josh Robbins at Vault and I were kind of putting promocations together, we realized we had some similar back office needs. So, a lot of the back office needs that uh, Kelsey was was not just doing but also kind of managing that's going to shift, and we've got their chat uh, that shared resource with Vault, and I'm still going to be the creative director, the creative visionary at Brandivate and, and doing those type of things. So no, I don't think from an outside perspective, people are going to see much of a difference. Um, of course, I'm going to miss having Kelsey's opinion yeah. and having her, her, her dynamic and her energy here, but Brandivate is going to, going to move forward and move forward quickly. And, you know, to a point where we're probably look at it, hiring some people in, in the coming months as well, because yeah. There, there's things we need to do, but it's one of those things, and that uh, not not everything lasts forever. And right. again, it would be I, I'm not the type of person that if she you know she's not happy, 
then she needs she needs to find a place to be happier. This right. just wasn't fulfilling that. It wasn't scratching that itch uh, from a career perspective as the company evolved. Well, I'm excited to hear that things are are rolling, doing well. Um, obviously, you and I are we, we talk outside of just when we record this yeah. podcast, um, and so I'm glad things are going great and uh, excited yeah. that, that things are going to continue to uh, grow and evolve. Yeah. So that's cool. Congrats. Oh. Yeah, I mean, thank you. And look, I'm happy for her. I'm happy for Brandivate. I'm happy we have uh, for my friendship with Kelsey. So it's yeah. all good, nothing bad. And, you know, things change. And yeah. a lot of times, most times when things change, it's for the better. I believe this is uh, best for everybody. Cool. So I'm happy. I'm happy for her. Cool. All right, cool. Thank you for asking. All right, Kirby. Um, moon pie sunscreen. Mm-hmm. I don't even yeah. know how to bring that topic up. But I'm going to say moon pie sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're familiar with the moon pie correct it's a yeah. it's a marshmallowy uh, uh marshmallow thingy between two cookies dipped in chocolate right the moon pie sure i mean i've heard of it but I, that sounds wow. gross to me but it's fine well so they they launched <laughs> a sun bad sunscreen on summer solstice because they love the moon they hate the sun so it's <laughs> it's protection from the mean old sun uh, it has it, what it, what I do like about this. It has one of those great uses of the sense that we struggle with the most in our industry, which is a sense of smell. Mm. Right, most products don't come with a sense of smell, but it has a really sweet scent of a moon pie. And I always remember when I was a kid, one of the things I you know back when they had suntan oil uh, <laughs> when we were kids. And I remember I remember copper tone, and I love the smell of coconut. Oh man, I still love that smell. Right, it's okay. a great smell. But anyway, so this sunscreen smells like moon pie. I'm really, really digging the creativity when I see all these companies thinking differently on how to create an experience for the end user. And I, and I really think that's come out of the pandemic. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, there were some collaborations before. There was some certainly creative use of promotional products and merchandise before. But the more I look at it, I really look at the pandemic as this really cool mm-hmm. moment where we all had the chance to reset. We've talked about that on the podcast, but I think it allowed people to really think differently mm-hmm. on how can we maybe join forces? How do we collaborate? How do we maybe introduce things we haven't done before? How can we be a little more irreverent and stand out? I wanted to get your take on, you know, we're going to look back in years and say, yeah, we, mm-hmm. we all lived through a pandemic. What are the good things that came out of it? And I think one of them is creativity. And I want to get your take on that. And also wanted to ask you a question after you have, a, have are done with that. Yeah. So I, I, one of the things that pops into my head, as you were saying it, I was like, it makes it, I think it forced, didn't force, but it, it, it created an opportunity for people to think more three-dimensionally with their marketing. And, and then I, I kind of modified that in my brain. It's like, no, it's more five-dimensionally um, because it's, it, it, people are incorporating all of the senses when they think about creating that experience. Like you said, right? I mean, when people are thinking about a trade show, they don't always think about creating something that attaches all the five senses. When, when, right. So I do uh, some SBDC coaching. And it's so funny mm-hmm. when, I'm, when I go into a retail establishment, I talk about it. I'm like, what does it sound like when somebody walks in here? What does it smell like? What, right. you know, what is, how do you immerse them in it? And I think what people have done is they've started to think about that with their marketing and their brand merchandise. And I think that is one of the things, and, and not that nobody did that before but you're right. seeing it in a much more, um, many more brands are doing that. And I agree with you. I think that's exciting. Yeah, I do too. So I'm going to ask you, 
just off the top of your head, and I, I wrote these down literally four minutes before we recorded, so mm-hmm. I, I don't have that much of a home field advantage on this one. Okay. What are the most creative merchandise collaborations or things you've seen since the pandemic? And I'm going to say a couple just to give you a chance to kind of think. So you don't even have to listen. This isn't even for you. I don't care. <laughs> Okay. We talked a few weeks ago about the Miller Lite charcoal briquettes. Mm, I thought that was a genius. I thought yeah. that was a really good one. I thought the um, Bud Light uh, collaboration with Home uh, Homesick Candles, where they created a tailgate smell, I thought that was a really cool one. Mm-hmm. And then Arby's with the French fry vodka. I, I tried to get my <laughs> hands on that, but didn't didn't get it. And it occurred to me, it seems like most of the cutting edge brands that are doing this are alcohol which I Mm. thought was interesting. So it's funny you say that because this morning, uh, a a good friend of mine who I graduated with and I I talked to once a year or whatever, um, posted something, I'm not sure which social media platform, and it was Bush beer hand soap. Mm -hmm. And I was like, now that's something. (laughs) I think that's Duke Cannon does that. Okay. Well, I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. And then mm-hmm. um, I think you and I have talked about this before on here, but KFC did a bunch of creative merchandise. Oh, yeah. And one of the pieces included Crocs. And mm-hmm. it was funny because, and again, I apologize when I told the story, but uh, one of our sales reps, Jeff, took that home, the whole mm-hmm. thing, and showed his wife. And his wife was like, those are the worst things I've ever seen. And their 11 year old daughter walked in and said, I must have those Crocs. And it was like, I think that seeing those kind of uh, sort of collaborations and how they speak to different audiences so wildly differently. Right. Like you were talking about the Twitter feed, right? Like some people love it. Some people hate it. I think that's, those, those are the ones that popped into my head. No, I love that. And, and, And I think that speaks to, you know, more than anything, um, you know, different audiences want different things. And so you really need to pick a lane. You can't be everything to everybody. Hey, distributors, <laughs> is your marketing working? If you can't answer that question with an immediate yes, then you need to reach out to Promo Pulse. That's right. They can help you consistently amplify your sales through stunningly beautiful outbound marketing that's so easy. You can customize it, set it, and forget it in only five quick minutes. That's right. Head over to promopulse.io slash amp to learn more. All right, Kirby, you got another topic for us? I do. This is one I've been wanting to bring up, and it just always kind of gets bumped down, and I just, I I really want your take. So, um... I've seen this in a couple different areas, but Adweek, okay? Adweek is a a, um, company that I get emails from um, Mm -hmm. all the time. I I signed up for them um, and I don't remember signing up for them. But honestly, when I get them, I'm like, oh, those are, you know, I'm always interested by the headlines. Um, So then I click on them to read the article and I'm immediately met with a paywall. And I, so- (laughs) A couple questions. Number one, is that only irritating to me? <laughs> um, is it a totally legit business model? Because again, they're creating really cool content that obviously is getting my yep. attention. Yep. Is it the wave of the future? Is that going to break away? Like, it's one of those where I'm like, okay, I've considered paying but I never have just for what that's worth, because I'm just like a lot of it. I'm like, Oh, I'll just go Google it. And then I find what I was looking for if I'm that interested right. in it. But I guess I'm asking as a content creator, is the paywall yeah. a totally legit business model? Is it just irritating? What say you, Bill? Yes. It's a totally legit business model. And yes, it's irritating. 
Yeah. I can't stand it, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I understand that they need to monetize what they do, sure. right? No one, I don't know what the subscription rates for actual hardcore magazines or print publications, newspapers included are anymore, but I know it's a lot less than it used to be. Right. Um, and I guess the ad revenue isn't supporting it enough. Right. I don't like the paywall. I don't at all. I, I find it to be... Um, a, a super friction laden um, business model that tends to more than anything, drive me away. Right. Um, I've never found a piece of content that I had to read so bad. I was willing to put in my information for a free seven day subscription where I'm going to be charged $6 a month thereafter till right. I forget about it and add yet another thing I'm going to forget about from a subscription service that I pay for every month. Right. I'll do exactly what you do. I will Google it. I'll try to find a back door to it because a lot yeah. of times you can. Right. But after about 38 seconds, if I can't find it, I will move on. And you yeah. know what? Dinner's still on the table at the same time. The sun still comes up tomorrow morning. My life doesn't change a hell of a lot. So yeah. I'd rather people and companies figure out ways to use advertising within the content right. that would compel me to click on the advertisement or watch the advertisement or whatever the call to action is, <clears throat> then the paywall. ASI does this. I've been, we've been effusive in our praise of ASI, especially since the onset of the pandemic. Right. I cannot stand that their industry news is behind a paywall. I'm not a member of ASI. And so some, and, and only, and I've run into it a lot when I'm researching this podcast, when I'm thinking right. what's going on in promo that I'm not aware of. And, and I think when you have a paywall, you're truly limiting your audience. I think, I think a better business model is really to figure out how do we have advertising sponsors pay enough to make it so we are a conduit uh, for an audience. Right. Yeah. One of the things that I was thinking about is, is similar probably concept for you. It's like, okay, is there a way to give content for free, but then give um, enhanced access for a fee? I think ESPN sort of does that. And some of the, yes. like, where it's like ESPN will have all the content for free, yeah. but if you want insider information on the right. draft or whatever, then right. it's this much. To me, that, that makes a little bit more sense because then I'm like, okay, bit. yeah, I actually do want, like, because I, it, and I guess from my perspective, the content then becomes a funnel because ad weeks. Yes has some interesting stuff and dude it's built for for us to come up with right. content for this particular podcast so i would be interested in it and honestly if i could read it and decided it was easier they were delivering it to me yeah well then i might be more likely to pay for this exactly but but instead i'm like uh, i should start deleting the emails because i'm like i don't even want to read the right. headlines of the emails because then i won't be able to read the article and it'll piss me off I think what there's, I think there's a, a slight hybrid that works. Sports Illustrated, you know, ESPN is a great example you use. They have ESPN and you have access to almost everything on the site. And then they have ESPN Plus, which you pay, I don't know, six bucks a month or eight bucks a month, whatever it is. And you get insider access and things that other people can't get. I like that. I think what Sports Illustrated does is irrelevant as they've become, which mm. quite frankly, they have. I used to subscribe to Sports Illustrated, the paper magazine for 30 years. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah. On their website, I believe you get four, all their news is always free. So a new, what they, what, whatever falls in the news, sports news category, that's never going to be charged for. For their articles and in-depth things, you get three or four a month for free and they use, you know, cookies and your IP address to figure that out. I like that because the mm -hmm. more I read, okay, man, I want to know more about that. 
I might be willing to pay. You have to take that drug dealer approach to things. Let me give you a little taste. Here's a little taste. And if you like it, you got to come to Big Daddy for more. And I think that approach makes a lot more sense to me uh, than, than not. All right. Okay, cool. Thanks for that. Yeah. Hey, one quick thing before we wrap it up, and I meant to say this during the uh, Brand of Eight section. One thing we're going to do is we do the beverage of the week every Friday. We've mm-hmm. Something we've done for seven years. Every Friday for seven years, we do a beverage of the week. Okay. We're still going to do that. That is just part of the DNA of this business, this organization. But we're going to start throwing it out to people to participate with us. Okay. So starting um, the week of uh, July 18th, we're going to start having guest beverage of the week people. Ooh. Josh Robbins is going to do one. Kirby, I know you've committed to doing one. Kelsey Cunningham's going to make a triumphant return and do one as well. So anybody who's interested in participating in Beverage of the Week, Brandovate Beverage of the Week, please shoot me an email at bill at brandovatemarketing.com. I'd, be, I'd love to have you do it. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, Ellie Bath is going to do one. So um, we want to make it a more communal uh, experience. So Yeah, I think uh, if I'm a betting person, I bet I know what Ellie Bath is going to do from a beverage perspective. And so that's, that's exciting. I, and uh, uh, who knows? I, I look... Yeah, I looked at the Las Vegas sport book. Um, <laughs> Ellie Bath and what she's going to do is off the books. We all know. <laughs> but that's. But even though we know, I still want to see what she comes up with. Oh, for sure. Because she's great. So that's the she's beauty fun. of it. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope you don't mind that shameless plug. I very rarely shamelessly plug my own company on this podcast. Well, Neither one of us do. Yeah. You know, but it's just something I, I wished to do. And yeah, because I wished to do it, I did it. But if you're Love a distributor it. and you wish that working with suppliers is easier. Well, I got some good news. I'm, I'm, Kirby and I are granting that wish right now. That's right. You want things to go easy. You want constant communication. You want someone on the other side of that computer screen or phone to fold their arms just like Jeannie did when she granted wishes in the great 1960s sitcom starring Larry Hagman and Barbara Eden, I Dream of Jeannie. Look no further than our good pals over at Evans Manufacturing. Great products, quality merchandise, and they care about your success. And they have built their entire culture and ecosystem around making your life easier. So you want to learn more. You want to get some of your time back. You want a supplier that has your back? Look no further than Evans Manufacturing. Visit them at evans-mfg.com. You won't be sorry you did. Kirby, it's been a pleasure podcasting with you today. I hope you have a wonderful remainder of your day in Coshocton, Ohio. Thanks, brother. See you. That's right.